Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex Beatsman, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Wednesday, February the 8th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith back on the uh, show today with us again, ready to break down the uh, Wednesday card with just two games on tap. Uh, back to normal on a Wednesday where we have a light slate, two games, one of them the TNT matchup, Minnesota and Dallas. Uh, we'll break that down in uh, just a second. Uh, but first, before we get into and we'll break down, of course, and recap, I should say, the action that took place last night. But again, we want to remind you first and foremost, it's coming up. We're only a few days away. The first ever Ice Guys Super Betcast. It's coming up live this Saturday, February 11th. It's the ideal way to kick off the Super Bowl weekend festivities, uh, if you will. Uh, at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time is when the uh, Betcast will begin. But don't forget about the Daily Show at, at noon Eastern. Uh, where we will go through, you know, as we usually do on a Saturday, every single game from a betting perspective. Uh, and then after that show concludes, 2 p.m. Eastern, we're going to go right into the BetCast and good time to do to get start the BetCast as well. When you look at the way the schedule uh, lays out for Saturday, you're going to have a lot of those noon Eastern, 12.30 p.m. Eastern games just wrapping up right when the BetCast starts. So we'll get the third period pretty much of all of those games. Uh, and we'll see if we can capitalize. You know, I like my third period, both teams to score when it's a one goal or two goal game going into the third. Uh, we'll look to cash some of those, yeah. I'm sure, uh, on the uh, live bet cast and many other uh, bets uh, at the end of those games. It'll roll right into Tampa Bay, Dallas and Washington, Boston. The two ABC uh, national TV doubleheader games Saturday afternoon, Colorado, Florida, a very fascinating uh, East versus West matchup to kick off the evening, the night slate at 6 p.m. Eastern. It rolls into the night slate, which will involve the Leafs in action. Rangers versus Hurricanes, Eastern Conference final rematch there. Devils and Wild, a very good game as well uh, in the uh, evening hours. Uh, and we wrap it up with a, a big and important late night game from a, a standings perspective for both teams, the Penguins and the Kings, the last game of the night. So it's going to be a great Saturday. It's a great slate. And we're definitely looking forward to uh, the Ice Guys Super Betcast Saturday, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern. If you want to join us on the Betcast, DM me uh, or Alex, and we will get you the StreamYard link and send it to you before the uh, Betcast begins. And thanks to those of you that have asked and inquired about being uh, fill in hosts when I take a 30 minute intermission break. Alex takes a 30 minute intermission break because we will be taking a, a few of them at least yeah. uh, throughout the course of the uh, BetCast. Uh, and we appreciate those that have reached out to uh, keep the show rolling, direct traffic, if you will, uh, and uh, keep things going throughout the uh, day and the night as we plan on going from 2 p.m. Eastern right till the end of the Penguins Kings game, which will be approximately 1 a.m. Eastern. So we're looking at a 10, 11 hour BetCast. Uh, coming your way uh, on Saturday. So definitely looking forward to it, Alex. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a fun time and a fun day. Like I said, this, it's such an interesting schedule. Even if we weren't doing a betcast, this is just, just uh, you know, an, uh, a bit of an awkward schedule, to be honest. I have the, the game split half day, half night. And it makes you wonder with all the kind of things that have been talked about with television and the NHL and the ratings being down here in the States, if this is maybe something they're going to try to do, are they, are they, you know, testing the waters with, with doing some different things on the weekends or, or, you know, staggering starts of games. Ironically enough, here we are with two games tonight and both of them pretty much starting within a half, you know, hour of each other, where they could have easily made this a doubleheader night uh, on TNT and various networks. So that's something that's always been a big thing, but I digress. This is going to be a lot of fun. This is, I think a great way for people who, if you haven't been on the BetCast before in a while, it's a good way to watch it. You know, everybody's going to really be in and out throughout the entire day because of how long it is, but it's a, a good way to get a feel. And, and if, you know, if you're interested in more in the night games, join us at night. If you're interested in more, catching us in some of the day games or, you know, you watching the show uh, live at the beginning, just want to hang around, you know, and stick around for the day. I think it gives everybody a good, uh, you know, myriad of options and it'll just be a, a lot of fun watching that much hockey and, uh, interacting and live betting around with it. Yep, and a chance to either win a lot of money or hopefully not, but lose a lot of money. <laughs> We're <laughs> yeah, hoping that the latter is not part of the agenda 
coming up on uh, Saturday uh, on our Ice Guys Super Betcast. So we're definitely looking forward to that. Uh, let's look back on the games that were uh, last night. Of course, it was a, a Tuesday night, which featured a handful of uh, interesting uh, games on the uh, NHL slate. Uh, we'll start, of course, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, look, I mean, that's a bad loss for them. You know, let's call it out like we see it. I mean, to, to have a three to one lead uh, and not be able to hold it on home ice where they've been so good this year uh, against the San Jose Sharks uh, and they end up losing four, three in overtime. You know, that was uh, not the kind of performance you wanted to see from Tampa the night after you got smoked by the Florida Panthers, a seven to one. Uh, not a good performance, not a good night for Brian Elliott. And Brian Elliott's kind of had a rough go of it lately. And keep in mind, when he had his great record early in the season, we talked about how that win-loss record, it was such a strong record for Elliott. You know how many of those games Tampa scored four more goals for him? A lot of them. You know, he was propped up by a lot of goal support. And it almost seems like if Tampa Bay is going to win with Elliott and net, they've got to score four. Uh, and we kind of saw that last night. They didn't score four with Elliott and net. They lose the game. Uh, but special teams let Tampa Bay down, oddly enough. It was San Jose's power play, you know, that was getting the job done uh, last night. Tampa Bay's power play and special teams struggled. Uh, and uh, John Cooper kind of alluded to that in his postgame comments, saying that, hey, we lost the special teams battle uh, that last night. Uh, Timo Meyer was spectacular. This is a guy playing with extreme purpose right now because he knows he's a trade deadline chip that is definitely in play. Uh, looking to showcase what he might be able to bring to a prospective playoff team uh, after the trade deadline. So trying to further that trade value, if you will. Uh, give San Jose credit, though. You know, they battled back, didn't uh, panic down 3-1, to one, uh, and they come back and they beat the uh, San Jose Sharks 4-3. to three. Good thing I split up Tampa Bay last night. I had a first-period full-game puck line split with the Lightning. I know Alex only went with the first period puck line on that uh, Tampa Bay and it uh it's a good thing because uh after obviously the first period was a good start 3-1 but it was San Jose from that point on coming back 4-3 I'm going to pose this question to you Alex because I've said this on Twitter now are we starting to get more and more concerned about the Tampa Bay Lightning and the reason I say this is because look I know you can't overreact to two losses after the all-star break the all-star break is going to throw even good teams out of you know out of rhythm and throw them for a loop. And maybe they're not going to play great coming out of the break, even the best teams. But at the same time, I'm looking at this team with a 500 road record that has played average hockey away from Amelie Arena. And that's a concern because you're probably starting the playoffs on the road. You know, if yeah. you're Tampa Bay, there's a good chance you're third in the division. You're not going to have home ice in a potential series with Toronto. Now you overcame that last year. Uh, to beat the Leafs in seven games. Are you going to be able to overcome that again this year when you've played, you know, let's be honest, mediocre hockey away from home? Yeah, you've been crushing it at home, but the road record's not been great. I think Vasilevsky's play has tailed off just slightly, not quite at that level. They're, they're making way more gaffes and blunders and defensive zone breakdowns than we've seen. I think Hedman's made more defensive breakdowns than I'm used to seeing from him you know, and especially in the last few weeks. So there's mm-hmm. issues right now with Tampa Bay. This is definitely a team with some flaws and some cracks in the armor right now. Yeah. So the, to answer your question, should we be concerned? I'm saying, I'm going to say not quite yet. Uh, I, I wouldn't hit the panic button just yet. I would wait until the end of the month because you look at the schedule, they've got one more home game against Colorado. They go on a four game road trip. that be kind of tough out West. And then they get a bunch of weak opponents, Anaheim, Buffalo at Detroit, uh, they're going to get Florida again, which will certainly be uh, a contested rematch to end the month. I think if, if they can, you know, get something rolling, you know, out of that four-game road trip, which that should be tough. I think the losing might continue for a few more games, but then they can turn things around after that road that road trip, get back to their winning ways. Then this is still a team that could firmly, you know, be planted into the playoffs. And once they get in there, I mean, yes, they they played a lot of playoff hockey, a lot of big time hockey over the years. They're still dangerous and live against anybody in a seven game series. So for them, the the objective is to get in. They're hitting the bumpy patches of the road right now, but I think there's there's some some clear light ahead. If they struggle past this month, then yes, things could be uh, pro, you know troublesome in a hurry. And this may be a team that we're talking about missing the postseason potentially. Or if they do get in, they'll probably be uh, a one and done. I don't think this team makes it even close to the conference finals right now, even if they go get to the playoffs. They they seem to be a first and second round exit team right now. And that's just because of how much big time hockey they play. Like I said, these guys that are making mistakes that are kind of uncharacteristic. I think it's just fatigue. It's you know mental and physical fatigue popping in and out at times. 
It's going to be interesting. And their next three games are tough. Two of them are against the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Uh, they play, of course, that's a big ESPN game uh, tomorrow night. It's probably the main event of Thursday's card. Colorado and Tampa Bay, the Stanley Cup final rematch, the first meeting between those two teams since last right. June. Uh, on ESPN, ESPN's got it as their national TV game tomorrow night. And then they play at Dallas on Saturday afternoon, another televised game, ABC, first of their doubleheader Saturday afternoon during our BetCast. And then they play Colorado again in Denver right after that. I mean, there, there, there's a scenario they could be 0-5, you know, coming out of the All-Star break. You know, those two games against Colorado are tough. At Dallas, Dallas is fighting for uh, playoff spots and Pacific Division supremacy. Uh, in in their or central, I should say, division supremacy. So, you know, those are three tough games coming up for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll see uh, how they handle this part of the schedule after two straight losses uh, coming out of the All-Star break. Uh, what else did we see last night? I mean, if you're Colorado, you're thinking to yourself, how do we not win that hockey game? Like we were, it, the, the, the domination for like two plus periods by Colorado over Pittsburgh was incredible. It, it looked like Pittsburgh wasn't even in the hockey game. But Casey DeSmith was strong. He made a bunch of big saves, timely saves. Uh, and Pittsburgh just held the fort, hung in there, hung in there, kept it at one nothing. Sure enough, they tie it 1-1 uh, late in the third. Uh, and then they get the overtime winner. And that's now Chris Letang with, I think, uh, another overtime winner. He had one just recently uh, against the Florida Panthers in a home win and gets one last night. And look, it was a for 50 minutes the Pittsburgh Penguins were garbage last night, were absolutely horrendous in that game. They were totally dominated, but at the end of the day, they get two big points, a huge win as they try to hang on to a wild card spot in the Eastern Conference. And is that something that can get them going? I'll tell you what, though, if it is going to get them going, Alex, they better play 60 minutes of better hockey than they did last night because, yeah, they got two points, but it was just a, a, an unreal display of goaltending by DeSmith a couple of mischance, multiple goalposts and crossbars from Colorado. Not only when they were up one nothing did they hit a couple posts, but on that power play that they had in overtime, right before Pittsburgh won the game, they hit a couple posts. I mean, that's how close it was for uh, Colorado. Unbelievably unlucky uh, betting loss if you had Colorado last night. Pittsburgh, hey, they'll take the win. They needed the win. They got it. Yeah, maybe it sparks them, but if it's going to spark them, Alex, it better be a hell of a lot better for three periods of hockey than last night. You can't just play 10 minutes late in the third of good hockey and expect to win. Yeah, absolutely. It was a sloppy game for, for from both teams, really, for, and for different reasons. And it shows you the power of Twitter and, and, and having the ability to live bet is huge because I didn't watch a single minute of this game. But on Twitter, all you kept seeing were the abs dominating in the shot count. This is just tweet after tweet of, you know, they're, they're out shooting the pens. They're getting tons of chances, and, and Smith is standing on his head. I go straight to to, to my live account, and I hit abs minus $1.10 to score the first goal. Took a while, but finally got there. And uh, just I just stuck with just that. Even though I saw the number, you know, coming down where the abs were, you know, plus price at one point, I wanted no part of, of either side because – you can tell it was just you know the Smith having a, a you know a hell of a night, and you know it was just which you know which dam would break, and Pittsburgh being a veteran laden team, and Colorado is too, but Colorado's having their you know bumped in their injuries, that that veteran group they were able to dig in deep when it counted the most, score late, force overtime, win in overtime. You can't rely on doing that every night, and you you know like I said with especially with tougher competition, but uh, but you but having the ability to steal games like that, having a goaltender steal your game, and essentially you know the rest of your core coming in uh in, in a clutch moment you, it's good to have that but you can't just lean and rely on that especially right now in this part of the season they're definitely gonna have to pick it up pittsburgh uh, they got the two points last night but fortuitous they were able to considering how dominated they were in the early part of that uh, hockey game last night speaking of domination how about these new york islanders uh, that's 2-0 and now in the Bo Horvat era for the New York Islanders. It was one thing to beat Philadelphia 2-1 and squeak by, and it's like, all right, it's, they won that first game, but it's Philadelphia, you know, and they still weren't overly impressive. They only won 2-1, to and the offense still wasn't exactly uh, lighting it up, but that was a much different type of quality win last night. Seattle's a very good hockey team. The Islanders just, you know, controlled the proceedings from start to finish. A four to nothing win. I thought they were airtight defensively. They didn't give Seattle a ton when they did get those chances. Ilya Sorokin was there. Didn't I say yesterday? Didn't I say it on this show yesterday uh, on the uh, solo uh, mission that I had on Tuesday? Didn't I say it yesterday? 
that Martin Jones ain't going to keep doing what he has been doing here in this first half of the yep. season. There's going to be some comeback down to earth with his play. And sure enough, now after last night's game, what is that now? Four of the last five or five of the last six starts, he's given up at least three goals in a game, many of them yep. four, five goals. You know, the loss to Calgary right before the uh, All-Star break. You know, that's concerning if you're Seattle. And then because if Jones starts to lose his form, Grubauer's been just, just continues to be inconsistent continues to be erratic. There's a reason why Jones has gotten all the starts. Grubauer hasn't gotten in any sort of rhythm, any sort of uh, sustained you know, longevity in terms of strong play in net. Veneers being out is significant too. I mentioned it yesterday, exactly right in our chat, Poe Buddies Nerf. I said that. This is, this is not just some rookie that, hey, we're going to miss him, but we can carry on. No, he's an impact player, both ends of the ice. He's playing like a 5-10 year professional in the National Hockey League with how good he's been uh, this season for the Seattle Kraken. So that's obviously a big absence. And if you're Seattle, you know, to lose, not just lose coming out of the break, but just get absolutely blanked like that by the Islanders, it is a mild concern. Again, you never panic over one loss, but uh, it is concerning, and we'll have to see if they can bounce back from it. And on the Islanders' side, that's now 2-0 and uh, since the uh, Horvat move. And it looks like it's just gone to everybody's legs. Uh, and feet and everybody is just you know playing you know better as a team you know I, I find their offensive flow and creativity has been a little bit better uh, I think there's already instant chemistry with Bailey Barzell and Horvat that line is was very good last night yeah, and of course Bo gets his first goal as well uh, as a New York Islander I was very frustrated though he after that goal which gave him a second shot on goal he didn't get another shot the rest of the game and the over two and a half shots on goal failed to cash but i digress uh he still got his first goal uh, as an islander and it was a very solid performance and i said coming out of the break i'm going to look to try to ride this islanders team a little bit and sure enough cashed with them against the flyers and cashed with them again last night uh, against the kraken alex the new york islanders there's new life in long island yeah there is and and, and bo horvat of course making an impact getting on the on the board last night and uh, you know, Sorokin with the back-to-back shutouts. Yeah, they're finally getting into a good rhythm, and and, and that's exactly what they needed right now. Uh, with this deal, they needed to, to get something, uh, you know, stirred up and, and and kind of awakened with this team. You know, are they an elite team? Someone asked in the chat. No, they're not elite, but they're but they're getting better. They're progressing, and and they can be a dangerous team. We know what they can do once they get into a postseason as well. They're they're built to be a decent playoff team. Uh, but they just got to find their footing right now in, in the regular season grind. And I think they're right on their way about it. But what was kind of more the storyline for me was C- Seattle. Seattle losing five of the last eight games now. Like I said, Martin Jones regressing back to his regular form. And, you know, can you find a way maybe to move him at some point? You know, if I'm, uh, you know, the you know the front office there for the Kraken, maybe I'm trying to call, you know, Arizona, see if I can flip Jones in a first to get Corolla Melka. Uh, who you know, we've got two years of, of, of you know, uh, control left with his contract. Try to get somebody that can give you a run right now because you are, you know, standing to be a playoff team. But do you really trust, like you said, Grubauer and Jones that tandem to get you once you're in the postseason? I don't think so. And, and the way that they kind of fall off right now, if you rely on them too heavy right now, you find, might find yourselves, you know, fighting for to hold on to a wild card spot or out of the postseason. So I think they need to make a change in goaltending. I think that's the the big spark and move that they need if they want to to be a legitimate playoff contender. This this tandem just isn't it. So I think that's really the the big takeaway for me from that game. I had over five and a half in that one. Uh and of course like I said with Veneers being out, that offense has kind of dried up a little bit too. He's been that the big spark and catalyst uh in, in a spot that I thought should have easily gone over five and a half. But Sorokin standing on his head and having issues on the on the other end, uh, you know, between the pipes. Seattle's got some something they got to figure out pretty soon. Yes, uh, they sure do. They sure do. Um, yeah, my, my bad. I misspoke on that. He did return last night, Beneers, and played 15 uh, minutes for the uh, for the Seattle Kraken. But again, coming back from an injury, you're never, not always going to have your best game uh, when you uh, come back. But uh, yeah, there's definitely it's going to be. Int- I'm I'm fascinated beyond belief what Seattle does the rest of the way because they've yeah. clearly had uh, a spectacular first half. All of their numbers still show that they're, you know, deserving of where they are in the standings. They've improved so much defensively this year, uh, no question. And their offense has certainly been more potent. But there are is some concern about whether this is something where they peak too soon, and there's a second half, uh, you know, downfall coming and a decline on the way for the Kraken. So these next few games are going to be very important. You know, you want to stop the bleeding quickly. 
You know, you don't want this to prolong into a three, four, five, six game losing streak uh, either. Uh, what else did we see last night? We saw Edmonton beat Detroit five to two. Uh, the Oilers getting a victory. Oilers in regulation cashes for me. I actually put a bet on the over as well uh, right before a uh, puck drop. Once I knew it was Campbell uh, in net for the uh, Oilers uh, last night, just in case, because we know Campbell's had a rough time, but not so rough lately. That win with Campbell in net for the Oilers was Campbell's seventh straight start uh, win uh, as a starting goalie for the Oilers. So he's won seven straight starts. He has almost a 930 save percentage during that time. So Campbell's got in his got his foot back in the door, essentially, with the Oilers as far as he's going to, I think, split time with Skinner uh, the rest of the season. Uh, and obviously it was a nice win for the uh, Edmonton Oilers to uh, get a 5-2 victory. The power play was a huge for them, especially late, that big insurance goal. The puck movement was sensational. Uh, uh, watching Edmonton on the power play is really how you, that's how you do a power play. That's how you execute a power play. Nobody stands still. Okay. Players are moving. The, the puck doesn't stick in one area. Players don't stand in one area, constant movement, puck and, and skater in the offensive zone when they have the power play. Uh, and you saw it pay off obviously with the big insurance goal. So five, two Edmonton win there. Uh, best bet winner for me with Vegas five, one over Nashville, uh, last night, it was just one of those. Sometimes you got to throw out what happened before and going into that game. Nashville's the hot team. Vegas is the ice cold team. But I said, this is the perfect time for the Vegas Golden Knights. So I still think roster wise have a better team than Nashville. I said that yesterday. I'll take their forward group. I'll take their blue line over Nashville's in a heartbeat. The one area maybe you give Nashville the edge is goaltending because of the season UC Soros has had uh, for them. But like I said, Logan Thompson's no slouch. And last night, the starting goalie for Vegas was Aiden Hill, and he proved to be no slouch. He was very solid, but he didn't have to be great. Uh, unbelievably, the Nashville Predators had 12 shots on goal with five minutes to go in the third period at home. Yeah. 12 <laughs> shots on goal at that time of the game. Uh, it was just an absolute defensive smother job by the Vegas Golden Knights, a clinic. I mean, they defended and they checked extremely well. They checked Nashville right into their own ice, uh, essentially, last night. It was an outstanding defensive effort from the entire team. Uh, that's now the fourth straight win in Nashville for Vegas. We talked about how they played well there uh, in recent years. And now Vegas is another one of those teams, kind of like the Islanders, slumping. I'm looking to ride the Islanders now. I might be looking to ride Vegas a little bit now. They got some confidence. Jack Eichel's now the, the only thing they're missing is Jack Eichel to finally get going offensively and produce. He had chances last night. He's still looking to get that finish back. I mean, he had a chance on Soros, and if he elevates the pockets in, but he shot it right into the pads. That's what happens when you're struggling. That's what happens when you're gripping the stick a little too tight. You're just not finishing chances you probably should, and that's where Jack Eichel is right now. Uh, but other than that, they played an outstanding game. And as I said on Twitter, uh, and I, I meant it, I was trying to be funny, but I also was very serious, and I meant what I said. You're telling me Bruce Cassidy had his team ready to play after the All-Star break and John Hines didn't? What a shock. <laughs> Believe it. Uh, Alex, uh, great, nice win for Vegas. Boy, did they need it. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, a defensive clinic. I mean, you know, Aiden Hill didn't have to really do much of anything. It was 17 total saves at the end of the night, like I said only facing 12 shots with five minutes left in, in regulation. That's just uh, that's just not going to cut it for any team. But, that you know, Nashville's got to obviously look at themselves and maybe maybe look at a Predators team total over in their next game. You think they're going to be uh, – certainly that's probably going to be the emphasis, firing the puck early and often in their next game. But for Vegas, like I said, it's a team that's worth riding right now. And Aiden Hill's one of the better backup goalies. His record has is, is truly indicated that he's uh, a guy you can, that they can rely on this good tandem now with him and Thompson uh, in that. So this is definitely a Vegas team that's going to be more so on the rise. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they do try to make some kind of a move and add it to pieces uh, at the break. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, they're pretty much going to kind of try to stand, stand pat their cap space uh, issue could, you know, kind of, kind of arise. So maybe they try to shed some cap and still improve. I don't know. They got a, a couple of options they can, they can go with, but that's definitely a team worth looking at backing more than fading. Uh, yeah, definitely. And the other game, well, this is the game we're playing for exercise, essentially Anaheim and Chicago three, two in overtime for the Anaheim Ducks. I, this is the game that I've barely watched much of. Uh, last night, the uh, Ducks and the Blackhawks. I was watching the uh, the early games, the Tampa game, the Edmonton game, uh, a lot of the Vegas game 
against Nashville, but I didn't see much of this. I watched the end, of course, late third period and overtime. What a brilliant overtime goal, by the way. Lundestrom with a great feed to Vetrano uh, and a brilliant finish uh, off the uh, inside of the post and in uh, backhand shot. A great overtime goal for Anaheim. Real gutsy win for Anaheim. Back-to-back after a crushing loss in Dallas the night before in a shootout, and you go to Chicago, no Troy Terry uh, in the lineup either, uh, and all, and you still find a way to pull that game out uh, after falling behind early. They gave up the first goal. Uh, to uh, They fell behind again, just like they did against Dallas, but this time uh, they rebounded, and they found a way to win in overtime, 3-2. to two. Uh, I was looking at uh, that crowd there, Alex, last night in Chicago. Yeah, a lot of empty seats there in the Windy City last night. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's plenty of great seats available from the rest of the Hawks schedule at the United Center and uh, with good reason. But the thing that's interesting about that game, you know, obviously it's great for Chicago to, you know, lose because now you hit, you know, one less point. You're closer to the bottom of the standings, of course, in the tank for Bedard and against a team that's going to be in competition with you in Anaheim. So it's nice to actually kind of lose to some of those bottom five teams to give yourself better placement. But one thing that was a positive for the Hawks, Jason Dickinson with a goal and an assist. He has really gelled well in this lineup. I think he's you know kind of uh, created a, a decent spot for himself in Chicago. I think that traded up actually being pretty good for them with uh, you know bringing him in for Vancouver, and the chemistry that he has with Patrick Kane. Where now we're hearing all these floating questions about will he be traded? Is he injured? Will he actually end up missing the rest of the season and have surgery? Does that mean he's going to stick around in Chicago? There's a bunch of float things around, and you showed, you know, it showed him on the uh, during the national anthem, really emotional, a little more than, than usual. They showed him, you know, skating around at the end of the game. Of course, he's one of the three stars, tossing pucks to the crowd. So he doesn't know if this is going to be, you know, his last few games at the United Center in a Hawks uniform, or you know, if this is going to be his last few games for the season because he's trying to deal through this injury. So so many question marks that are floating around with Sir Patrick Kane and what happens with him over the next month. That was kind of the big storyline and takeaway from that uh, Hawks loss. I definitely think there's now some level of, like if, if he asked me right now, he's getting traded before the trade deadline, it will happen. But I think there's now some doubt that that may not happen. That really may not. And uh, he's having a hard time from everything I've heard and read. He's having a hard time coming to grips with letting Chicago go. You know, I, I think that's that because, again, his whole career has been there. You've had so much success and you've had great memories and lasting memories. And you've built such it's not just you've had great uh, camaraderie with your teammates. You built friendships that are going to last a lifetime, celebrating multiple Stanley Cup championships. And, do you know, move on and play somewhere else after all of these great things have happened to you in one place. It's not easy. No. Easy and honestly, and, and the thing is, too, now with this injury thing, because remember, he played through the last year and a half with uh, they said he just said a nagging injury that was feeling better. But we, it was never disclosed what this injury was. It was just rumored to be lower body. We've never heard of, of what this issue has been the last couple of years that it keeps arising with Patrick Kane that it's affecting his play. So maybe he decides I don't want to be traded. I am hurt. The season's over with and we're trying to take. Let me go on and have my surgery now. Go on long-term IR, free some cap space up for the team in the, in the meantime. And then he's an unrestricted free agent July 1st. He resigns a shorter, cheaper deal that's club-friendly. Hopefully we end up getting the number one pick, and that's Connor Bedard. And now here you are talking about Bedard and Kane and a healthy Kane rehabbed from, from an injury with, you know, the hottest prospect since Connor McDavid. So, I mean, obviously that sounds like a great pride dream for me and every Hawk fan in the world, but it's a possibility. It definitely is. And uh, like I say, there's going to be some decisions being made. Uh, I've got to believe there's definitely something. And I know there's it's a, one of those tough seasons where you know the team really isn't going anywhere, uh, that the, you might not be there for the uh, entirety of the season. And that's probably affecting Patrick Kane a little bit. But I think injury or something of that nature is also impacting his play this year. Yeah. It's, got, it's got to be. I can't. I don't buy into this thing where he's just going out there for like someone in our chat says a leisurely skate every night. I no. can't believe that for a second. It's got to be, you know, I think something bothering him injury-wise, less than 100% health. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see as we close in on the uh, early March trade deadline uh, what will happen with Patrick Kane. Uh, what will happen tonight? we got two games in the NHL, and we will begin with the Vancouver Canucks and the New York Rangers. We've got the Rangers minus 240, uh, home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. This was your Stanley Cup final uh, 20, uh, 29 years ago. 
uh, essentially. The uh, Vancouver Canucks and the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, the uh, previous Stanley Cup victory, of course, for the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, this one is interesting because we obviously, look, the Rangers should win. The better of these two teams. But we know in this sport that doesn't always work that way. Um, I'm tempted by the Canucks here. And here's why. Anybody that watched Flames Rangers last night or Monday night knows what kind of game that was. Okay, that was a playoff game in the regular season. It was insanity. How intense, how physical it was, how much both teams wanted it. I think the Flames viewed that game as that's the Rangers team that went to the East Final last year. We need to test ourselves against them. And the Rangers, I think, looked at it the same way. That's the Calgary Flames. That's a team that people thought were going to be damn good this year. Uh, after making all those changes, we want to play our best here coming out of the break against them. And it led to a very competitive, very spirited game. Obviously, Jacob Truba lighting up Calgary Flames players left and right with clean hits, as I said on yesterday's show. I know there's a there's a negative sentiment on Jacob Truba out there on social media because people say he's borderline crossing the line sometimes. That sometimes he does get the elbow up sometimes, does contact the head sometimes, but none of those hits against Calgary to me were dirty. They were all clean. They were good, hard hits, vicious hits, but they were clean, open ice hits. Uh, and even Daryl Sutter, who's been around the block and had his team, his players on the receiving end of some of those hits, said after the game they were good, clean hits. And it didn't shock me. Daryl Sutter said that he's an old school guy. He wants that kind of physicality in hockey. Trust me, that's Daryl Sutter's way. Uh, no question about that. But that was a physical game. It was extremely intense. Uh, and, you know, it, it, playing a game at, uh, right after a game like that won't be easy. Can Vancouver take advantage of maybe uh, New York coming in after maybe a little bit of an emotional downer after that overtime win against Calgary in a physical, intense, uh, back-and-forth, exciting hockey game? Well, they did give a great effort against New Jersey. Still some defensive blunders cost them. Uh, obviously, the penalty kill uh, as well. Uh, you know, gives up another power play goal. That's an that's an area that Rick Tockett's trying to work on with this team. This lousy penalty kill, which has plagued them all year, and here they have given up five. Here they are giving up five power play goals in the last three games. So, <laughs> uh, the work still needs to be done for Rick Tockett and his uh, coaching staff here. But you know, and this is really tough because you want to maybe say Vancouver could be live here, take advantage of this New York Rangers team. Uh, but at the same time, we know who the better squad is. We know Vancouver's still finding ways to lose games. I mean, their only victories, you know, the last uh, since Rick Tockett's taken over were Chicago and Columbus. Okay, they, they've beaten nothing but bad teams that are right where they are. They haven't beaten the good teams. They lost to Seattle, uh, lost of course to New Jersey uh, in overtime the other night. So I, I do lean a little to Vancouver. Crazy as it is to say, if you actually look, the Vancouver Canucks have owned the Rangers. It's crazy to see that. But it's true. I mean, Vancouver's won five straight meetings against the New York Rangers, including two straight trips to New York here. Madison Square Garden, they won 3-2 in 2019, uh, 5-2 last year here in here in uh, Madison Square Garden in New York. So this is def- to me, this is not a Rangers spot, uh, in my opinion, to late minus 240. But at the same time, you're taking a leap of faith with a bad hockey team if you're taking them. But I do lean a little bit to the Canucks. Philip Heedle, anytime goal scorer, you have to be on that. Have to. And I'm not even and you're not even getting the prices you once did. You know, with Philip Heedle, we are seeing signs of the betting markets adjusting with the way he's playing right now. But he he has to be on your card right now if you're going to bet player props in this game. Uh, he's been feeling it. He had two goals uh, in the uh, last game for the uh, New York Rangers. He's on an absolute heater right now offensively. Uh, Philip is heatling up, as I like to say, for the uh, New York Rangers. So, yeah, you absolutely have to look in that direction. How can you not? Uh, he is playing with extreme confidence. Everything he seems to be firing at the net is going in the net right now. Uh, for the Rangers. So lean Vancouver. Uh, we'll see. It looks like Shesterkin should be in net here for the uh, Rangers tonight uh, in this one, of course, uh, giving him that extra rest following the uh, break. Spencer Martin will be in net for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. So it's been a rough go for him lately. It's been a rough go period for Vancouver defensively and for their goaltenders. But as far as Spencer Martin is concerned, you go all the way back to New Year's Eve. He has given up uh, three plus goals now uh, in eight straight starts. And it's really been rough on him uh, here since he's uh, been in net here for the last uh, several games since the uh, end of 2022. So the over six and a half is the way I've got to go here as far as the total uh, is concerned. What do you think here, Alex Canucks Rangers? 
Yeah, you know, this game, I really didn't like anything at first, but now I'm kind of leaning toward playing the live over. I'm going to wait for five and a half, and I'm actually going to do what you normally do. I'm going to wait for some plus money with that as well. I think we can see this one kind of, you know, skate out a little early. I don't think we're going to see uh, a lot of offense until later in the game. I think we're going to see both coaches, uh, you know, make necessary adjustments and, and see some higher scoring later on. So it gives us, I think, a, good, a decent opportunity to hit a, a five and a half and a plus price. Like I said, Vancouver's played New York well. Uh, five straight meetings that, where they won. And, and like I said, I talk about this all the time. In the middle of the year, you have these cross-conference matchups where teams just own other teams for whatever reason. Even though it doesn't mean the talent pool is different. Obviously, the Rangers have had better teams than Vancouver over the last two, three seasons. But for whatever reason, the Canucks have had that number. So it's something you have to take into some consideration. Uh, and obviously, I'm not going to lay 240 with the Rangers. I just don't even want to do anything with the side. I'm just going to go with the total and I'll wait for a better number and price in here. All right, like in the uh, in-game uh, here with uh, this one between the uh, Canucks and the uh, Rangers. Uh, we'll see. Rangers, that was a hell of a game against Calgary. Uh, let's see if they can avoid the uh, potential emotional hangover tonight against the uh, Vancouver Canucks. All right, uh, before we get to our second game, uh, by the way, hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, we will be back to talk about Wild Stars. This is your TNT game coming up uh, on this Wednesday card. We'll talk about that uh, in just a moment right after we hear from Gramco. All right. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. And is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. You visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. And Gramco's got you covered for the Super Bowl as well, don't they, Alex? Yes, they do. They got an incredible deal. It's $250 of Delta 8 TAC products all in one box. You can get for $175, but if you use promo code ICEGUYS, you will save 25% off of that box. This comes with two full-size containers of Delta 8 gummies, 25 milligrams a piece. That's 60 in all with the two containers. You get 10 pre-rolled Delta, H, uh, Delta 8 THC with the CBG Keef rolled on top of it. You also get the Quick Mix, which is basically a way to make your own edibles. You can turn any food or drink into an edible. And, of course, you have 10 half-gram uh, disposable vapes, all in different flavors. So if you're throwing a party, this is the perfect pack. Or if you just want to test out all the different products, just keep it for yourself. It's a great deal, and it's only $175, but you will save 25% off of that order and free shipping using promo code ICEGUYS at thegramco.com. There we go. Get on board uh, with that. All right, we've got our second game here of this uh, Wednesday slate. TNT, this one, uh, Dallas, Minnesota. We've got the Stars, minus 155 home favorites, five and a half of uh, the total in this one. The Wild, very disappointing first game after the break, losing to the Arizona Coyotes uh, the other night by a score of uh, three to two. Dallas survives, uh, nearly blowing a game against Anaheim, and I'm sure they were fearing that game going to overtime or a shootout because they had lost three games beyond regulation going into the all-star break at home, but they did survive. They got the victory in, in a shootout uh, over the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, so we'll see how this one uh, plays out here. Uh, Minnesota, if you look at it, they, these two teams, it, it's been a weird series history where the road teams actually played quite well. You look at what we've seen here the last four meetings. We saw Dallas win in Minnesota last March, 6-3. We saw Minnesota win in Dallas in overtime in April of last season. Uh, the two games earlier this year, Minnesota won 6-5 here in Dallas in a shootout. And then Dallas won 4-1 in Minnesota uh, a few weeks later. So it's been a road team type of series. And that's the way I would go here uh, would be the Minnesota side plus 135. I think they're worth a look. Uh, Philip Gustafson, believe it or not, has been pretty solid in net for the uh, Minnesota Wild in the majority of his starts. Like 2.26 goals against average, 922 save percentage, pretty solid numbers for him. You know, his last start wasn't his best against Florida on January 21st, but you look at his 
numbers before that. He was on a stretch of games where he had given up two goals or less and seven of eight. So he had been playing extremely well in net here for the uh, Minnesota Wild. I don't know what it is, Alex, about Dallas, but Dallas to me here in the last several games, they've looked very average, you know, very, and they have not played 60 strong minutes of hockey. They've had some breakdowns. They've had some issues all of a sudden. Uh, Jake Ottinger's had some issues. He's spitting out rebounds that when he's on his game, he's not doing that. And he is still in one of those zones right now where it's not been great for him. Uh, Again, protecting leads has been an issue uh, at times for the uh, Dallas Stars. Couldn't hold a lead against Carolina. Couldn't hold a lead against New Jersey. Again, they had a 2-0 lead against Anaheim. Uh, Anaheim ties it up. Now, Dallas did win in a shootout there, but uh, definitely concerns about Dallas's uh, ability to play uh, 60 minutes of strong hockey. And the team is only 4-6 and in their last 10 games. So, talking about laying a price of this magnitude, with Dallas uh, against a Minnesota team that after losing the way they did against Arizona, I think it's very important that Minnesota says, Hey, we're pumping the brakes on this. We can't let this uh, slide continue. We're only two and four in our last six games. You know, we've got to put an end to this here starting tonight. So I think it's going to be a tight game. The draw is an option you could consider as well in this game. You know, uh, Minnesota, if you could put a little half on Minnesota, a little half on the draw and, uh, our guy Terry Edelman is uh, looking at that. Yeah, I think because this t- – look, how can you argue with it with Dallas right now? they played four straight games that have gone uh, to either overtime or a shootout. So I feel like it's a one-goal game either way. You could get very creative. You could go double chance with the Wild, Minnesota, and draw uh, in this game. Uh, all kinds of uh, uh, dif- different uh, ways you could go about it. But that's probably what I would do. I'd probably put a little half u- unit on the draw – and a little half or half of my bet on the draw, half of it on Minnesota here. Both are a plus price. So if you hit one of them, uh, you're going to be profitable. And if you hit both of them, let's say Minnesota wins an overtime or a shootout, you're really going to be uh, having a nice little return on your investment from this hockey game tonight. So it's probably what I'll do. It's probably the way I'll approach it. Half on the wild, half on the draw uh, in this one. Alex, what do you think? Wild Stars. I don't think I've ever done this before, but it's a double not so fast, my friend. I'm not feeling it at all. I'm with Dallas on this one. Uh, this is a huge spot for Dallas. And I already bet this minus a dollar forty. Like you said, they've been playing awful hockey lately. And they do not look like a first place caliber team. They do not look like a team that can make a Stanley Cup run right now. I think this is the 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 turning point game. And and you know, what do we do in handicap? We learn from our mistakes. This is the same kind of spot, in my opinion. Obviously, not the same kind of team and not the same kind of positioning. This is the exact same spot the Florida Panthers were in the other night. And I thought Florida, being because I think they're a team that's going to trend down, I thought they were not going to show up in that spot. I thought Tampa Bay was going to roll over them, and it was the exact opposite. This is a game here where Dallas, they know they need to be the division opponent. They need to, they know they need to take care of business early and often in this game. So I'm going with Dallas because I laid a dollar forty. Uh, with them on the money line, it's gone up up now to 155. So I would actually look toward the regulation side at this point. I like Dallas first period puck line plus 150 laying the half a goal, and I also like Jason Robinson over three and a half shots at, at play that and even money earlier today as well. I think this is going to be a big game for Dallas. I think Jr. leads the way and they take care of the Wild. There you go. Take care of the Wild. I agree. If you like Dallas, you should be on the first period because that's been their best period for many of these games recently. And then they've they've played worse as the game has gone along. You know, that has become a recurring theme and a pattern with this uh, Dallas Stars team. So uh, I do agree with that for sure. If you're liking Dallas in any form, I think the first period's got to be part of the part of the uh, portfolio, if you will, uh, if you're going to look toward the uh, Dallas Stars tonight. If you want, if you have a book, by the way, that allows you to uh, parlay goal score props, I really think a two goal score prop parlay between the two games tonight with Philip Heedle for the Rangers and Rope Hints for Dallas, I think is pretty good. Uh, these two t- guys are surging right now. Rope Hints has scored in back-to-back games. Uh, we know what Philip Heedle's doing for the New York Rangers. So there you go. Uh, if you can, and, and you will see some books that will allow you to do that, do a two-goal score parlay. Uh, and I think Heedle for the Rangers and Hints for the Stars is not at all uh, a bad way to go here tonight uh, in this game. You can bet them straight, too, because, you know, you still get a plus price, but, wow, you you get a nice little payout, certainly, if you're going to parlay those two together. So uh, definitely consider that here. Uh, Heedle hints uh, parlay with goal score prop parlay tonight uh, in the uh, two games 
that are taking place. All right, great stuff. That is the uh, Wednesday uh, card. Again, only two games. A uh, huge slate. Well, not a huge slate tomorrow because there's still some teams that are not back from the uh, All-Star break yet, but we have seven games tomorrow uh, in the NHL, highlighted by that Colorado-Tampa Bay game uh, taking place uh, on ESPN tomorrow night. First meeting between those two teams since last year's Stanley Cup final. Uh, hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. We appreciate it very much. And we also appreciate and thank our podcast listeners for tuning into the show as well. We'll be right back to wrap up the show as we always do with best bets right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ice guys that's promo code ice guys all one word i-c-e-g-u-y-s at manscaped.com if my math is correct that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com using the promo code ice guys you get the performance package 4.0 it is a game changer the lawnmower 4.0 it takes care of this among other things uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue this will take care of it it feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes it pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant, keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about, and Manscaped.com can help you out with that. So make sure you take advantage of this. Manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use the promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, we're back here on the ice, guys, and we are ready for uh, best bets to wrap up the show. 2-0 and to start the uh, post-All-Star break schedule for yours truly with best bets. Islanders, Monday night, Golden Knights last night, and hopefully we can add to it tonight. I think it'll be tricky to keep the streak going because there's nothing I love, cider totals-wise, uh, on the two games tonight. But we'll try to find something for best bet. Alex, uh, what do you like here for best bet? Yeah, we're heading down to Big D, going with the Dallas Stars in regulation minus a dollar ten. Like I said, I'd played this at Atlanta dollar forty, but that number has gone up pretty much everywhere. So uh, stick with this in regulation. This is a huge game for the Stars. They need to get back on the right track, and this is a good team to do it against. A wild team that's lost the last four straight road games, and they have lost thirty of the last forty-one meetings in Dallas. So crank up the Pantera. Give me the Stars in regulation. That's my best bet. There you go. Dallas Stars. Crank up that Pantera. That's right. Dun, dun, Dallas. Dun, stars. Dun, dun, Dallas. Dun, stars. I mean, I hear that all the time when they score a goal there. It's uh, ingrained in my brain now every time I watch Dallas play at home and they score a goal. Uh, Dallas Stars there for Alex uh, B. Smith with his uh, best bet uh, for this uh, card. Uh, my best bet, um, look, um, this is like I don't love uh, – I, I, I might put a couple bucks on Vancouver, but that's certainly not best bet material. The over, I'll put a couple bucks on that Vancouver game. That's not best bet material because you worry if the, you know Shesterkin is you know plays great tonight. I like Minnesota, but that's not a best bet caliber bet. And the draw is it's a small bet for me. It's not something I want to make best bet. So here's what we're doing for best bet: Philip Heedle anytime goal scorer, New York Rangers. To me, that is the best bet, honestly, uh, because he has been on fire 
He is feeling it for the Rangers. They're playing a horrible defensive team with suspect goaltending in the Vancouver Canucks. He has six goals in the last four games for the uh, New York Rangers. He's playing with extreme confidence right now, uh, a high probability that we see uh, Philip Heedle find the back of the net for the uh, New York Rangers. Best price out there is at Betway, looks like right now, plus 200 with uh, Philip Heedle uh, anytime a goal scorer uh, in this game. And that's what we're going to go with. We don't do props very often uh, as a best bet, but on a short card like this, uh, that is where we're going. Uh, Philip Heedle, plus 200. Uh, anytime goal scorer for the uh, New York Rangers. A rare prop best bet here on this Wednesday uh, Ice Guys show. All right, that'll wrap it up. Thanks to everyone uh, in the uh, chat for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. Uh, a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. Oh, and before we wrap it up, check out patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. And tomorrow, we will be posting and releasing the Jimmy Murphy Tales from the Rink uh, video that we did. Uh, with him uh, and a nice little background too, Jimmy, how he got started in the reporting industry and uh, on the beat writer uh, path with the Boston Bruins is 20 years now uh, in that role, which is incredible. He's been at it for that long, some tales and some stories from his, from covering the Bruins and covering the NHL for the last 20 years. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It was a great discussion, great conversation, lots of fun chatting with our old friend, Jimmy Murphy, who you still see on this show most Fridays, uh, here on the Ice Guys. That will be posted tomorrow uh, for our Patreon subscribers and members exclusively for them on the Patreon page, patreon.com slash iceguys. Again, just $10 a month. And that's not all. Yeah. Next week and the following week, we will have more bonus content, video content posted uh, on the page for our Patreon subscribers and members. So looking forward to that for sure. And we've got a bunch more planned as well in the months ahead. Yeah, absolutely. As I mentioned, you know, I've already uh, done the uh, the article of mentioning of the top five, my top five and uh, best and worst goal songs in the NHL. Like I said, we're releasing the Jimmy Murphy uh, stories tomorrow. We've got a couple more things that are coming up soon. And like I said, we're going to be having more interviews, more different content. And, you know, we're going to even, uh, you know, have some things where we're going to you know, want your input as well. So follow us on Twitter. Follow the tw Twitter account for the show at the underscore ice guys. And uh, you guys will have, be able to have some input on some of the bonus content as well. Yeah, Ice Guys Q&A is coming to Patreon very soon. My uh, local TV broadcaster uh, rankings uh, from 32 all the way to number one. Uh, that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks as well. So all of that coming up and will be posted uh, for our Patreon subscribers and members at patreon.com slash iceguys. All right, that's a wrap. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday uh, for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now.